You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. talk about the brand new film everyone's talking about right now moon of the killer flowers right oh my god that's what y'all wow. saw right oh wow that's uh, right, we're gonna have to the first time this. he said that to me i was well, like that's gonna fucking well, kill well, everyone's talking about the era's tour <laughs> the flower I, I we're here for the Taylor Wait, Swift review was this not the i thought we were doing the asylum version <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god, god. <laughs> i actually watched the era's tour and killers of the flower moon at the same time screened <laughs> I thought you were at the movies for an extremely long time after he was, your post. He was he there like, for two days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, as usual, one of us doing something that's like original and no one else is doing, we're talking about Killers of the Flower Moon because no one else online is discussing this movie right now. No well, one. Did, it's kind of an obscure little indie film. Nobody's being annoying about <laughs> it. I know, right? right yeah. our, our theater, we literally have... Every single theater is just Killers of the Fire. And what are your thoughts about that, Chris? <laughs> it annoys hot. me deeply. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> uh, but that being said... I'm, it's been packing them in at least for now and that's because it's a Martin Scorsese film and yeah. a Martin Scorsese film is an event because in my mo- for my money Scorsese is the most successful career director sure like, yeah. now yeah. I don't yeah. love every Scorsese film but except for maybe two I really like every Scorsese Well, now you got to name them, Chris. I'm not shame going to. you. I'm not well, going to. Like, we it's like one of those directors. One of those taxi driver, isn't it? It is not. Oh, okay. my God. It's, it's one of those directors Dune. where like every movie is, I mean, great technically. Yeah. It's just like ones I prefer more than the other. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, well, his, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah like that Tony di- Scott. That diverse of a Shut the a living filmic. fuck up. We're talking about filmmakers, okay? <laughs> I don't care how long he's been gone. I don't care if it's too soon. You know, it's it's cool that we're finally getting the story of basically what um, amounts to Manifest Destiny, which is, you know, I mean, was really cool that white people came here to this continent, saw people already living here and saying, dude, how can we help y'all? How can we? Well, let's just make sure that you have everything you need. We don't want to move in. So we were nothing but great to the Native it's a very Americans. sweet tale. Can you hear the wolves on this recording? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it should come as no surprise to anyone that we were absolutely terrible and continue to be pretty absolutely terrible. But we, we finally. Americans. You know, uh, you know, got uh, saw the errors of our ways just just recently too. Uh, oh, with this movie, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, we, white people, we finally did it. Learned enough to make a movie about it. <laughs> there you go. Fred's like, it wasn't me; it was you guys. Uh, <laughs> this, this is a y'all thing. That's a yeah. you, that's a you problem. Well, there was an insanely white reviewer on Twitter who just went on a whole thing being oh, the like, one yeah the the one <laughs> just basically being like you know this movie just failed to shock me I was like that is not the problem I had with that yeah, yeah. oh my like, god like, I'm replaying images of this movie in my head Oof. every like uh, it, yeah. there's, uh, there, there's like one murder of a drunk person on a rock that just lives in my head I just cannot shake mm-hmm. that well, yeah. I originally read this when it came out as a book 
uh, that was winning a lot of awards uh, by Ooh, David Graham. Fancy, he can read. You read it? Which, uh, yeah, it's oh. a terrific book. Oh, uh, nice. And the difference here is that the book is largely from the viewpoint of the FBI detective who came mm. in. I mean, yeah. it's nonfiction, but it just kind of, it picks up not to, gives you kind of a setup and then, okay, they came in to start investigating. And then you sort of uncover as they uncover what's happening. Yeah. So the actual guilty parties, when it's revealed, it's startling. And that's right. partially because it knows that it's looking at your own bias of like, oh, the nice white people. Yeah, yeah <laughs> now, fair enough. Now, this is Scorsese, who's never told a crime story that wasn't from the viewpoint of the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of his gimmick, yeah. right? Yeah. And here he's kind of turned that around on its head. And this, I think, is takes away a little bit from the gut punch of the book, but it makes no less of a great Scorsese film. Right. The, was the book like a procedural then? I mean, it had no, to it's be non, like... No, it's nonfiction. Like, so. But did it read like a crime procedural? Like yeah, a, it read like a true crime like okay. nonfiction book, yeah. which it it's is. The, I, yeah. The yeah. last 10 minutes. I have not read the book, <laughs> but I just think if you... If you watch a movie about these cops and you go into a small town and you have Robert De Niro's performance in this movie, you're immediately like, okay, that's the wolf in this picture. <laughs> yeah. You, like, you need to have like more like no name actors to play everyone yeah. else. Just like, okay, also, now it's a little bit more of a secret. Well, I mean, yeah, does it make it better? Also, the, the performances right. would be less interesting that way, I think. Well, yeah. I think that was the point is that uh, we were talking about this beforehand is that Leonardo DiCaprio was originally supposed to play Jesse Plemons character. All right, and then okay. they're like, ooh, this guy is way more fascinating to him and uh just of like a very conflicted character He's right yeah and and mm-hmm. i think he pulls it off really well where it's just you you have this crazy balance of sympathy and hatred towards him and you kind of realize the end's like oh He's an idiot, yeah, I mean, and yeah. he's just kind of doomed. He's just yeah. such a fucking dumbass. That's the yeah, thing where yeah. you're just like, <laughs> how complicit is he? I mean, he is complicit the entire fucking well, movie. Well, he's an opportunist, yeah. to be yeah, sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, also, you, there's he, a lot he says of, constantly, um, I love money. I love money. But there's, love also, money. But there's also, conti- but there's also a, a continuous like uh, uh, act of uh, rationalizing it to himself mm-hmm. throughout, and mm-hmm. it's, it's getting harder and harder for him as the film goes on, and that was really interesting to watch. So yeah. if y'all don't know, the basic story here is that in the in Osage Indian lands, which they were very poor at the time because of all the shit that white people did to them. They got lucky, really, really <laughs> crazy lucky, and Fucking discovered a huge amount of oil on their land, like a stupid amount of oil that was on An their land of oil. that unquestionably legally belonged to them. So before you knew it, this whole town is just filled with very rich Native American people driving. Right. Like, at one point, it was, like, the most expensive car in the world. The most of them anywhere were in this small town. Didn't it say at one point, like, uh, the every person uh, had, like, enough wealth, like, more wealth than everyone else in America per capita or something yeah, like something that? Yeah, something like that, There's yeah. some, like, little factoid towards the beginning. You're just like, oh, shit, I did not yeah. know yeah. that. It's and not- these very well-made, ca- like, factoids with the silent film. Yeah, sort yeah. Of, oh, God, yeah. But, I love this movie. So the problem is, though, is that then all of these Native Americans keep dying off really young and in strange sort of ways. Damn so it. this is your setup where it's like, why do these, and there's even a, you know, a straight up giveaway shot early on where this dude shoots a woman out who's holding a baby outside of, through his window, then comes out and puts the gun in her hand, which actually, yeah. interestingly enough, the first book ever written about this story was written by a native American who that was his great grandmother. And he wrote a story about her as he discovered this and sort of uncovered the history of this whole thing. Right. Um, But so as the film makes clear very early on, yeah, 
white people were doing some dastardly fucking shit and they were coming in <laughs> and they, oh those white people they were coming in and marrying <laughs> sounds like scamps <laughs> uh, marrying these native american women and then um you know trying to get the money to flow back into white hands it's it's really uh interesting how the plan unfolds throughout the whole se- or the movie uh, you were like, gonna the, say serious weren't say, well, you <laughs> it, it's it's long by the way it's three and a half hours long but you don't feel it because no, like no, every other scorsese it. movie it moves at a breakneck pace yeah, yeah, it's yeah. deliberately paced yeah, too. yeah. It, fe- it felt more runtime like uh more similar to like silence or the irishman than yeah, say wolf of wall I street i was really bored with both of those movies sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i watched okay so those are the two those are the two the two really but it's really interesting how uh i mean it's not like it's a crazy like you said reveal because it takes that reveal away from you because you just know who the bad guys are immediately yeah, yeah i mean even uh, with, by the way it's the white people even with Leo, <laughs> and, uh, Leo dicaprio coming you know like from fresh from the war getting off a train immediately is just kind of doing stuff that's a little douchey and you're just like oh he's not a very nice person is he right but like then they're like oh no well maybe he's just you know like an opportunist you think he's an opportunist yeah yeah, yeah yeah exactly and he goes and hooks up with his uncle who's played by robert de niro there who is the kindly cattle rich cattleman in the area area who everybody loves everybody's like no 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 he's good to us he's actually learned even to speak the native american language right yeah like everybody really likes him nobody distrusts him but it's not long for the movie before you're like okay this is <laughs> again like no nice white people <laughs> well, he, he's the he comes up with the idea is like well more or less like oh if we marry any of the native native american women here then the head rights to the land can go to us if Something might happen yeah. to them. Uh-huh. You get it? I, I do have to say, saying? this is De Niro's best work in maybe 30 years. It's it's opinion. a fine performance for him that weirdly, especially for a Scorsese film, is very sedate. It's very yes, pulled I, back. Yeah, He's not playing that character that freaks out well, and gets bigger than no, you know what it feels I, like? It feels like Joe Pesci's performance in The Irishman, yeah, where that's yeah. a little bit more subdued as well. Yeah. He has that kindly uncle grandpa thing he's been doing, but well, he's that twist, accent. He twisted in that Max Katie sort of accent. Yeah. And, uh-huh. oh my gosh. But that's the way to play it, though. This, if he did it any larger, yeah, you know, you would you wouldn't buy the evilness. You wouldn't buy. Well, like, you just uh, you would just know what me is like. How does everyone not point to him as like, yeah, he's the bad guy? Yeah, because well, oh, yeah. he, he you know he can wow. Well, you. because he, he can... opened up that ballet school. <laughs> <laughs> ballet the other school. big performances here are from Lily Gladstone. Oh, oh my gosh, uh, she plays the woman that Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, character marries and she is really just a fine she's been in a few things first cow in 2019 which is a very uh, small yeah. indie oh, yeah. film first got cow is that kelly Reichter? yeah Kelly-Riker. also circuit yeah. women yeah. which is what got her the part oh of this, yeah. that's right yeah. and then much later in the film jesse plemons coming in as tom white who's the fbi agent who literally the the Osage Nation had to pay the FBI $20,000 just to get them to send someone out yeah. there, mm. which is obscene. Yeah. <laughs> and to say the least, I mean, there's so many things in it. There's just like, if you don't come out of this movie feeling like, man, white people are pretty bad. White people, man. Yeah, no, yeah. we're, we're. I mean, we're. They're, it's, they're, they're all gone now. All those white people. All we don't, we don't celebrate people. Columbus Day anymore. It's such a massive work, though, and it I don't fluctuates off, from so genres as it goes through. I mean, at one point, it, become, it becomes a procedural the second when uh, Jesse Plemons in the last act yeah and then you also get the courtroom drama halfway through there which you know I always welcome that the dashes of that with Brendan Fraser just flying off the handle immediately it's also a doomed love story in there as well and it's yeah it is a multitude of genres juxtaposed against like this true like portrayal of human evil well that's the thing is as you you spend the movie 
kind of rooting for DiCaprio to get his shit together. Yeah. And like turn. Fight to back. Because like he definitely, there's half of him that really loves his wife and wants to be with her. And it's like, well, I know all the shit we're doing to her whole family and everyone else, but of course we're not going to do anything to her. Because this is my family now. Even as he knows on some level, but refuses to confront it, that it's already happening. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, it ponders this question that would seem like a simple answer, which is like, can you love somebody and also facilitate the murder of their entire family? Oh, that old right. age old question. Yeah. I ask myself that every day, but as uh. the movie goes on, you're just like, he does love her, but also, yeah, I know it's, that's, that's, that's a fascinating, like character. Yeah. You know, and that's the pivotal yeah. scene towards the end. I won't spoil it or anything, but like, there's something that he's being confronted with by, uh, Molly, and uh, it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. because you just look at him like you fucking. Um, but but also he was damned if he said anything, yeah. and it damned him if he do- didn't. Yeah. And, and it's just like it's so fucked. Lily Gladstone that, 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 is such a like great face to put on all these emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost a silent film performance because she doesn't say much, which and, is something that she she's does, introduced with. But when yeah. she does speak, oh my gosh, she's so mesmerizing, and she has like the most. I think she has the most soul. Out of any, well, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's no, it's I mean, lacking in a lot of the I'm other ter- characters. Ter- no, in terms of the performance, uh, sure, sure. Um, there's not a lot of characters the, to pick from. But there. <laughs> no, but I think that there's one moment that struck me a lot, and it's when he pours something into his drink, oh, and yeah. I was just like, okay, so you are still here, you are still like with her in a sense, and there was something almost sacrificial. Um, about that gesture, yeah, and uh, th- that really moved me. Like, okay, w- we haven't lost you completely, but um, yeah, that that's a moment that just that that just struck me as very. It powerful. also reminded me a lot of Age of Innocence, which I just saw for the first time. This thanks year. to somebody, yeah, thanks to Frank, because I just happen to like that movie a lot. Yeah, I didn't Wonder- like it the first time I saw it, and then rewatching it years later, yeah. I was like, okay, no, this is a really good movie. It's a, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, did you see that movie right? Is uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in it? Uh, who's she? Pfeiffer? <laughs> yeah. No, it's a Winona Ryder film. It's the ah, I went, yes. Yeah, it's, it's in my Winona Ryder collection. Uh, I don't want to say <laughs> the specifics of it, but this movie makes an interesting choice for an epilogue here that feels very jarring. Oh, sure. It is that jar- is very, very intentionally so. And it actually has Martin Scorsese himself appearing as I a role it. in it. And a, few a lot of people, I feel like, have criticized it without really understanding what it was trying to do. And I just want to say this, if you're going to, especially if you haven't seen it yet, just keep in mind that it's Scorsese's way of saying, I was making a narrative film of a horrible real life event. And I'm fully aware I did not get everything right or perfect or anything because there's no way to really make entertainment out of something this horrible and do it exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So please keep in mind that it is entertainment I really tried hard to make it good. But you know about that that when he when it sh- when he shows up and gives the uh like the postscript yeah. of it um as as much as as intense as everything we've seen that's come before um there's something very sobering about him just like mm-hmm. saying well that's what, that's, what the, the that's the that's the, yeah. the most like devastating thing is yeah. that when he's reading this uh piece of uh well, because uh, he's work. feeling, he's feeling what he's reading. Well, he's he's feeling yeah. it, but it's like it's also how America until the book came out. I guess it's like the same thing with the Watchmen uh, TV show with the Tulsa massacre, mm-hmm. and they even talk about that in the movie too. That is like, yeah, this was completely forgotten and nothing was mentioned. Mm. There you yeah. go. Yeah, and uh, and there's stories that go above and beyond what you even see in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 
Again, this is something that I thought the difference between the book and the movie is the book makes much more clear. We're looking at one isolated case of this small group of people who are doing this. But the truth was it spread with many, many, many different families who were all aware each other were doing this and were, it was a concerted effort in a really racist Ku Klux Klan sort of way to achieve these goals. <laughs> Hundreds of people died yeah. because of this. It's much more of a horrible, like just the most backstabbingest massacre ever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and just, it's just so dark to think that anybody at any period of time was capable of behaving this way this yeah. might be the most vile criminals we see displayed in a scorsese movie yeah i'm trying to think like, i would I, say yeah i don't think I, there's I, one I, I think, well, well, the I think, idea I think richard e grant age of innocence was pretty yeah. <laughs> i mean the, the idea of like systematically doing all this yeah, yeah. because it yeah. wasn't just like i mean it was brazen at times because now also most of america didn't give a shit and exact, they still don't exact opposite of a crime of passion yeah it and was, it was just yeah. it was so uh calculated it was methodical it was, it was methodical yeah. but it was also in the end just about greed uh, well not only that but also is like and i i think a lot of people would agree that with like a good portion of white america when as soon as obama became president they're like i can't believe a black man would actually be president it's the same thing it's like i can't believe native americans will be richer than white people in in this specific area and it's like i want that back it's like it's so fucked up yeah yeah. Well, uh, right. Well, won't you give us your final thought? On that cheery note. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny this year you have like Barbie and Oppenheimer and the Taylor Swift eras tour movie. It like, it feels like it's the pendulum is going back and forth. Like, oh, this is so delightful. And then, back. Fuck. I mean, uh, forget the animated just, like, Spider-Man too. Uh, what? The animated Spider-Man film too. Oh yeah, that too. Oh, did that come and, out? Um, and, and Super Mario Brothers. Uh, okay. Oh, sure. Okay. Now, okay. And don't make us gag you. Quantumania. Okay. Qu- uh, I will gag everyone at this table. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make my goddamn point. But it's like going from uh, the Taylor Swift era tour to this and just walking out of it so sobering and just, and again, devastating. It's like, God damn it. Like, I, I know, like you're saying, this is not, and what Scorsese was trying to say is that this is not a, like a word for word of like what actually happened. Cause I mean, that would be a series at that point. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, for like the direction side of it with Scorsese is still masterful. It's just like, he's never lost any of his edge, but also just like how meticulous everything is. And the performances, Leonardo DiCaprio is so good in this. And Lily Gladstone is incredible. Like, like you said, Frank is that you feel anytime she's on screen and you look at her, cause she's also sick at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just like, God damn it. <laughs> like the makeup effects is like, she is fucking yeah. sick. I mean, she, and, she, she has like her own permanent glow light everywhere she goes. Yeah, yeah. Insane. And uh, and then De Niro's, uh, I I did not know I really wanted him to do like uh, a Southern accent before. I was like, wow, you are really good at this. <laughs> Except for Max Got King, long for this. Oh world. man, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, but man, he is counselor. <laughs> oh god, Nathan's found <laughs> between, between you and God, counselor. <laughs> Nathan's uh, found something to take his Michael Caine impressions place. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, but still really engaging really fun to watch as for another scorsese movie to come out just like oh it's like a warm blanket even though it's just like riddled with just like despair (laughs) uh but uh just excellent it's absolutely excellent i'm gonna give it oh fuck uh nine and a half out of ten um oh uh jack white cameos that i did not know i needed in my life (laughs) uh Oh, Frank. Oh, okay. Yes, you. I was just going to go to yeah. I figured you were going. <laughs> and then you looked at me like... Because Nathan's uh, here too. Can I do this? 
We'll give Nathan his turn. He has to do his whole review as Max Cady. <laughs> okay, counselor. Do, now he's going to do it. Don't threaten him with now a good time. Now he will do it. Uh, the original Cape Fear was on a couple weeks ago. I watched it. And it's still pretty good. It is? Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're laughing a lot at this review because, you know, we... What else can you do? We, we, we need... We, we kind of have to because this, this really is such a, a devastating experience. Um, and... I, like I'm sure a lot of people watching this film, do not know the story. Um, I I didn't know the story. Um, and I saw a headline, maybe you guys saw on IMDb lately, uh, recently, someone said, um, someone from the Osage um, community said, this is a story made for uh, non-Osage audiences. Uh. And um, it make, that makes sense to me because they're the ones that should finally be, be you know, being made aware of this um it, it's a very important piece of history it's a very devastating piece of history um and i'm glad there's a film that's this epic this sweeping um that's been made about it i'm glad it was this filmmaker who made it with the like you said that passion which is still so evident yeah. in him um and made with a kind of like you know like you said care and the research and every last detail uh there's really no complaints. I mean, it's a little too it's a little too short, but you a little know, too short, too short. We're just just getting going, and it ends. Um, <laughs> sitting on this more, one for more a murder. I want some more murder. Yeah, it's like that's it. No, but um, <laughs> you just want the Electric Boogaloo sequel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus Christ! Uh, oh, we're going to Primity. hell. of the Flower Sun. We are so going to hell. Anyways, um, no, this is this is been rightfully so called one of the year's best and is one of the year's best it's um it's a flawless film from beginning to end um every aspect of it works i I can't think of anything really that um it lacks i think it does great justice to uh that community and um what they endured uh, so yeah, I just got to give this 10, 10 out of ten. Uh, John Lithgow performances. Oh yeah, because yeah, you know, cameo there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you, you, the first time he you that he the first scene he's in, you just hear his voice like, "Oh Lithgow." Yeah, I'm there's my yeah. Lithgow. I laughed when people in the audience <laughs> didn't go, "Oh," until they saw him. I'm like, yeah, how did you not know that was John Lithgow? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Max. Uh, well, I got to say, Counselor, uh, I do agree this is one of the best movies there. I'm not keeping this oh, up. I was like, thank fuck. You yeah. were keeping it up? Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Man, you think highly of yourself. I've, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> I'm as high as God. Anyways. <laughs> well, Joker Rabble Rabbit, you might be. No, no, no. Uh, I, this is easily one of the best of the year. Like, full stop. It's just a very colossal work by a master director. And one of the things I really love the most about it is... There are all these, you know, comments of like, maybe we should have had somebody from the Osage community tell it, maybe, you know, like all that. I think Martin Scorsese finds this story as compelling and fascinating as it is and as devastating as it is and tells it from the only perspective he felt comfortable to tell it from without, Mm -hmm. you know either victimize or you know not necessarily there's no bias from him yeah he doesn't portray the osage people as like uh like courageous victims throughout it he just portrays them as people and he portrays these dumbass criminals as these vile evil people and finds this true beauty in this uh this very dark romance that's caught in this wind of human atrocity and 
evil. And uh, I just, this is a great film. I'm, Cannot wait to rewatch it all three hours and 30 minutes of it. Oh, just because I can't wait for the sequel. I will just say <laughs> if you are preparing to watch this, which you should, you should just get ready for a movie that is just going to feel like a giant pit in your stomach, mm. massive work. Yeah. Uh, but you should go see this, especially on a big screen because it's fucking gorgeous. The Robbie Robertson music, which RIP, is just, I love how it stayed throughout the entire movie there's not a single was, moment where you're not yeah, getting a baseline or the- there's this uh bit i was talking to chris about is that it felt uh, like uh, hereditary which scorsese came out i was like oh i learned a lot mm. of it from oriester i'm like sure uh <laughs> but there there's a tone throughout hereditary until um charlie clicks to tony collette in the car and it stops it's the same thing in this where there's just like this soft like beating of a drum all the way until jesse Plemons comes in you're yeah. like it stops. You're like, oh fuck, because yeah. you just mm-hmm. have this that gut like sense of dread the entire time. Yeah, I yeah no, it's it's a great film that I can't wait to rewatch and rediscover things that I love about it, and also be devastated. But yeah, I would give this All nine nine and a half out of ten paddlings in a Masonic temple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which fuck by the, by the end of the night one. we might give you one. <laughs> that was how I got initiated into one of us. <laughs> Depends on how fast you get drunk this week. Uh, this week? Uh, so the Onion, I thought, hit it out of the park with one of their headlines uh, that related to this movie. It's oh, yeah. like Marvel fans call out uh, Scorsese as hypocrite too. over yeah. Deadpool cameo and Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm like, I want to watch that fan edit. <laughs> Actually, that would have been really funny if Ryan Reynolds was in it as right? a cameo. You're just like, uh, uh, I mean, I'd lose it. I would uh, just lose my mind. Um, yeah. But... I've seen more than one critic refer to this as the zenith of Martin Scorsese's career. And that is an interesting way of phrasing it because all of Scorsese's ticks and tricks are present in this film. Uh, There's stuff here that reminds me of Goodfellas as much as there's stuff that reminds me of the age of innocence. Uh, I would say only maybe like the comedy stuff is not present here. There's not a lot of comedy in this film. There's (laughs) little bits that are kind of funny, but like generally speaking, not the aim, but it is, as a lifelong Scorsese fan has watched most of his films multiple times. There's a lot to unpack here as just analyzing it from this director. Sure. uh, What he's created here based on all his experience. If anything, this hurt, this was hurt for me a little bit just by the fact of how familiar and recently I read the book and how Hmm. that gut punch of not knowing who it was till the end really just kind of floored me. Literally made me depressed for like three days after reading it. I was like, Jesus Christ. Because yeah. it's all the, oh, the nice white people. There's at least one nice white guy, right? Like who's actually trying to help. And Spoilers, then it's like, there's no nice white people. I mean, it really sets you up like he's the guy who's going to figure all this out and what's happening. Like you really think he's the guy, the key who unlocks the mystery and is going to, and then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you're rooting for him. Um, but yeah, this is the work of a master. It's one of the best films Scorsese has done in a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not as outre as something like Wolf of Wall Street by any means, which is more like shock and awe. <laughs> and this is a little more quiet, a little more slowly building. But it is an amazingly well-made film. And I'm going to give it nine out of ten mid-Atlantic accents that come in at the end as they tend <laughs> oh, to do. They're so welcome to. I miss those we accents. We love a mid-Atlantic accent. I man. love yeah. them. <laughs>